Knoxville Tower, runway 23 left at Alpha 8, taxi via Alpha Taxiway. No delay, wind 2904, runway 23 left at Alpha 8, clear for takeoff, traffic 3 mile final. Read back correct, tower for taxi, have a good flight. Welcome to From the Runway Up. I'm Becky. And I'm Caitlin. And we work in the Public Relations Department at McGee Tyson Airport in Knoxville, Tennessee. We understand that going behind the scenes in an airport these days isn't as easy as it used to be. So that's where this podcast comes in. Each episode, we'll give you a behind-the-scenes look of current events at our airport and in the aviation industry as a whole. So fasten your safety belts and join us on this aviation adventure. Welcome to this month's From the Runway Up. We're really excited about continuing our series of storytelling and inviting guests on to tell their story and then how that impacts airport operations. And we're going to continue that today with an episode on planning travel. Yes, we're going to think about some warmer weather today, which yes. will be nice. <laughs> yes, for those of you who aren't in Knoxville, Tennessee, it is super cold here today. Yes. But I, I also am very worried about the people up in Chicago and in Minnesota that are experiencing extreme weather. So having a conversation about travel for spring break and for the summer might help thaw us out just yes. a little bit. So today we are excited to have a special guest to talk about planning for travel. So today we have Alexandra Stockton with us, and she is the owner of Alexandra Stockton Luxury Travel. So Alex, thanks so much for being with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. So if you'll just kind of kick us off by telling our listeners a little bit about you and your company. Sure. I started my company in 2016. My background was in events. And I knew I wanted to transition to something within the travel industry. I knew I liked hospitality and I was around that a lot with events. So that was kind of where I wanted to focus. And I found a host agency in New York called Smart Flyer. So I'm really lucky to be affiliated with them. They're part of the Virtuoso Network. So I have access to lots of great amenities for clients. And I plan honeymoons, leisure travel, business travel, my clients are all over the country. I work with them mostly like remotely. So they're contacting me through email, social media, phone conversations, Skype. So it's not the old school travel agency where you have to walk into a storefront anymore. Well, and I would have imagined with part of your name being luxury, you do a lot of high end uh, locations. So when you get requests, what are the destinations and the amenities that are people are looking for when they travel? So I definitely focus on luxury travel. When people reach out to me, they're looking for usually kind of an elevated experience. They're looking for someone who's going to get them perks, room upgrades, free breakfast, someone who knows the properties well, and someone who has relationships with the properties all over the world. And they're looking for, honestly, advice on where's the best place for this time of year, what's going to fit within this budget, what are the best family-friendly hotels. And the requests are so varied, yeah. but I always say I'm an expert in my clients. And so I really try and tailor make like everything to them, no matter where. And then obviously, the more they travel with me, the easier it gets. Because you get to know them more and their things that they liked and what they didn't like. That way you can plan for the next destination to include one thing or another. Yeah, absolutely. And I think they're even learning what they like and don't like a lot of times, especially with honeymooners. A lot of times this is their first step into kind of more luxurious travel. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of been cool to see how they take their honeymoon, they kind of learn some things, and then how that impacts future trips. And 
I'm already seeing like anniversary trips or I've even already had baby moons now um, or their parents traveling or now their families traveling as a group. So it's kind of interesting to see how that evolves. I mean, everyone has something specific in mind. It's just kind of figuring that out and finding the perfect match. Yeah, I assume that it would be hard from going to like a really nice luxury vacation back to planning everything yourself. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I think honestly, most travel agents today, they don't charge a fee since we're compensated by hotels and airlines and tour companies. And they're paying the same prices, whether they're booking it online or through an agent. And so I think people are like, why would I not use a travel advisor? Yeah. It's a free service and I'm not wasting my time. And I think people are very overwhelmed with everything on the internet. There's a lot of information out there, a lot of bad information. Well, and that brings into question, a lot of us do start researching our trips ahead of time online and looking at things like hotels and transportation and costs associated with our trip. You don't necessarily automatically go to a travel agent first. So do you find that the people who come to you are more educated about what they want or is that they rely on you to tell them? Honestly, I would say they rely more on me. I would have thought that people would have come to me like with more requests, but I've been pretty lucky that they're pretty open. I mean, there are definitely like situations where they're like, we love this hotel. Like this is where we want to go. And there are very few instances where I have to say, well, actually, I think you're (laughs) going to hate that place. (laughs) Especially when I can put you here. Let me just send you a link. (laughs) Yeah, But I do think a big part of that is like, again, finding like the very specific thing for them. And so a lot of times they'll come with hotel ideas, but then they're also telling me what they want. And a lot of times that doesn't match up or they're like, my aunt went to this hotel on her honeymoon. She loved it. She thinks we're going to love it. And I know that hotel and then I'm reading like what they're telling me they want and Mm -hmm. it doesn't match up. So I always say like finding the right hotel is key. And I honestly think that's why there are so many bad trip advisor reviews out there. I'm like, these people just need a travel advisor who is going to put them in the right spots. Because clearly what they wanted was not going to be found at this. Yeah. I mean, there are some people who want like a very, even at the beach, like a beach is a perfect example. Like some people want a laid back remote Island feel that's luxury to them. And then I have clients who, if they were like some very nice, amazing resorts, they would get there and they would feel like they were camping and have a heart attack. Yeah. <laughs> because they, they want all the luxury. They want like the four yeah. seasons. Like, yeah. They want, or Rosewood, like they want to know like exactly what they're getting. So it's just different. But yeah, finding the right destination and hotel properties, I think are key. And so how does air travel play into that? Like So some people will have specific hotels, destinations they want. Are people picky when it comes to their flights? Or is that something that you just kind of handle and move on? My clients in larger markets are spoiled. Like they have a million direct flight options. So they are definitely pickier. My clients in smaller markets and in the South, I've noticed are a lot more flexible, thankfully. And we kind of get creative. But I think a lot of times people are so focused on where they want to go, especially younger people, that they're willing to take some unconventional routes to get there. Especially if the price is right. Yes, for sure. (laughs) There are some older clients, and 
I think the more you travel, the pickier you get. I'm sure you all encounter that all the time. We do. And that's why the airlines offer so many different options and flight schedules and destinations is because they do a lot of research into finding out where people are going from that community, what is going to make good business sense, and then also providing them with the amenities that they've come to expect from an airline of that nature or that caliber. And so I do think they they think about it some, but price drives it pretty much Mm -hmm. in a lot of respects. Do you see a difference between your business travel clients and your leisure travel when it comes to making airline decisions or hotel decisions? For sure. For business travelers, the most direct option is always best. Hotels are usually less important. I do have some business travelers who are very like luxury focused. So that is not the case there. Also like the business class product on the flight is Mm -hmm. really important. So if I put them on an airplane that has really old business class seats, that's going to be something that upsets them. So I (laughs) really work with our air team and really focus on those little details. And even with my leisure clients, I think like when you get used to flying at a certain level and you expect like a certain level of service, those things matter. Even the airport lounges, like if there's a connection somewhere they want to make sure it's somewhere with a nice airport lounge for them. Especially Mm -hmm. if it's a longer layover. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You can sometimes find that situation with international flights that you get into a hub city and you have an extended layover because you're flying internationally and having that resource is often something that people look for. So when you're putting packages together, whether it be business or leisure, you have to look at, we have talked about airfare and we've talked about hotels and and other forms of transportation and activities. When you're looking at putting those packages together, how much of a role does airfare and airplane and connectivity play into the decision they make on the entire package? I usually like to look at that first, even if that's not the first thing I bring up with clients, just to make sure that it's possible to get them there and to see how many days, like including like time changes, it's going to take them to get there. So I always try and make sure, obviously, it's possible and that it's not an outrageous cost. So those are definitely kind of starting places for me. And then people are sometimes flexible. I think they expect a lot of times they leave all the myths about like booking on Tuesdays and all the crazy things like that. And we have a conversation like the prices stay pretty steady typically. So unless you're very flexible, which I always recommend being like these, this is a good baseline for the price. Is this something you guys are okay with? And then we can go from there. I mean, this week I had clients, they were wanting to do Costa Rica but the flights were going to be $3,500 for two people. And that was just going to eat up a huge portion of the budget. And so I found other destinations that had a better price point for flights and that I thought would kind of give them the same experience. And we kind of rerouted. Well, and that's nice when they're flexible like that too. And I try and be like open and honest with them. I mean, I guess you have to be, but some people push back more than others, but usually people are pretty receptive and okay with that. It's tougher when people are booking with miles, which I don't handle personally, but obviously like, you know, blackout dates and different routes are closed off. So you definitely have to be more flexible. So in that regard, they book the ticket because it's with their miles and they say, these are the dates I'm going. This is the flight I'm going, plan my vacation around this flight. So that's sometimes there are restrictions in how you help them plan. Yeah, for sure. And I don't always book everyone's flights, even if I recommend flights. Sometimes people 
want to book on their own. But yeah, flights are involved, obviously, in every trip, essentially, that I'm doing. (laughs) And so you live in Knoxville, you're from here, but you plan trips for these people all across the world. So where's your main market? Like where do most of your clients come from? Honestly, all over the country. I mean, Nashville, Knoxville, Atlanta, Dallas, Ohio, Hmm. New York. I have clients in California. That's so cool. Really kind of all over, but there's really no rhyme or reason to it. They, a lot of them find me via social media, which is so cool and kind of amazing to see like how small things can seem, but they're really all over. So we're talking about warming up and getting prepared for spring break. Spring break in the southeast, at least, is around the March time frame. So when do people start planning those trips? Have you already booked a lot of those or are people just now starting to talk about that? There's two classes of people. There's the people who book a year in advance and then there are the people who book two months or less, it seems. (laughs) Maybe like six months too. But I have already planned some spring break trips, but I am expecting to get some last minute inquiries. It's usually beach or ski trip seem to be the most popular. And that's nice because those are the most predictable places in March because a lot of times like places in Europe or even in the U.S. March is unpredictable for weather. Mm -hmm. And I've certainly run into issues flying in March. (laughs) It happens. (laughs) (laughs) You, You never know when a snowstorm might come through in March. But yeah, beach and ski seem to be the most popular for sure, especially with my Southern clients. In regards to destinations for that, is it Caribbean? Is it Mexico? Is it Florida? Is it ski in Vail? Or is it ski in the Swiss Alps? (laughs) All of the above. Most of the time for spring break, I see skiing out west. So Vail, Beaver Creek, Park City, Colorado Springs, those are always popular spots. And then for beach and even warm weather, Orlando, Miami, Key West, Caribbean islands. I love Mexico. So I always try and push that because I feel like it gets a really bad rap, (laughs) which makes me sad. I'm sure you all understand too how much news and political events can impact travel and really like break economies down. I mean, natural disasters and one bad story in the New York Times that's kind of exaggerated can impact an economy like Mexico. And that's one thing I've noticed a lot of. So that's really interesting. And just with the the hurricanes two years ago in the Caribbean, I mean, huge, huge impacts. And you don't think about stuff like that. Yeah. This year, like I'm encouraging people to maybe try Puerto Rico, the Caribbean, like they're back and they're up and running, but we have to keep supporting those economies or they won't exist. So do you ever have destinations that you want to push or your company wants to push? Like, does that ever happen or it's, it's up to the client? I don't have any like ulterior motives to pushing them. Like I don't like <laughs> if, if that makes sense. Like I'm not, oh, this company is giving me this big bonus to push this hotel. It's never like that. There are places I definitely get excited about. And like when I'm traveling to, I'm thinking of clients. So I'm like, oh, this client would absolutely love this place because they love to have a private pool at their villa. And this one is amazing. So there are instances where I'm like, trust me, you're really going to like this place. And usually it's up to the client, but there are some times where I do get a little more firm if I'm like, they are really not going to like a place where they are wanting to go. I try and be open and honest because I want them to have a good time, obviously. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) 
So you mentioned the recent trip you planned to Costa Rica. What other trips have you planned for the spring break time that some of your favorites that stick out that will make us all jealous and wish that we were <laughs> wish we were <laughs> on vacation? On <laughs> so again, I have a lot of ski trips out west happening. And then we are doing Bahamas. There's a little island called Harbor Island. It's super cute. It's very laid back. It's completely different than Nassau or what people imagine the Bahamas to be. It's super quaint. It has like an old school Caribbean feel. There's like little bungalows that are painted colorfully. Like it's really charming. Lots of really cute restaurants. Are you familiar with 30A in Florida? Yes, yes. I always say it's kind of the 30A in the Caribbean. Yeah. (laughs) And I actually have been noticing that people who frequent 30A are starting to go for a Harbor Island. It is a little tough to get to. (laughs) <laughs> with flights, but it's it's pretty cool. Yeah. So how did you find Harbor Island? It all kind of goes back to hotels for me. I love hotels. So hotels kind of go on my radar first, which seems maybe unconventional to some people. But there are really cute hotels there. There's one called the Dunmore that I've been a fan of for a while. The interior design is just perfect. The beaches are great. So those are kind of things that draw me in at first. And then I learn about a destination from there. But it's great for families, friends, couples. So for the listeners who are tuning into our podcast, everybody likes tips. Because we either do it ourselves and we plan our trip or we hire someone like you to help us do that. But what kind of tips can you offer people who are considering travel this spring or summer or in general when they're booking their next family vacation or business trip? I think if you're price sensitive, the biggest tip is to be flexible with dates. If you're wanting to go to the Amalfi Coast in July. Sorry, where's that? In Italy. Italy. Oh, okay. (laughs) It's beautiful. You've seen pictures of it on Instagram, I can assure you. Yeah, it's right up there with the pictures that you see from Santorini, Greece. Yes. You see those like right together all the time. Those are probably my two most popular honeymoon requests right now. But if you're wanting to go to the Amalfi Coast or really anywhere in Italy or Greece, Santorini included, during July, you're going to pay four times as much because everyone in the world is wanting to go there during those times. So if you're wanting to get the best hotel rates, the best flight deals, that's definitely not the time. So I think considering shoulder seasons are great or even considering off seasons, depending on where it is. But Okay, what's a shoulder season? It's kind of the season between high season and oh, okay. off, season. off season. So for Amalfi Coast, It would be like April, even beginning of May, even though that's starting to get bad. Yeah. (laughs) I would have said September and October before for those regions, but honestly, that's even getting... So the shoulders are disappearing. Yes. (laughs) Well, and it's because it's something interesting. You you think about seasons here, and that's what influences your decision to go to places and take vacations. But there is like an opposite reaction in Europe and other places in regards to high season and low season for certain things. So when you're planning, it's more about what's in season for the destination you're going to versus where you think it is from here. And sometimes you don't know that. My mom and I took a trip to Europe a few years ago, and we went to Santorini, and we went up to the Alps, and we hit Paris, and did all these other things. And we went in October. Well, the weather was a little suspect that time of year, 
but it was wonderful because it was their off season for a lot of things and it was more affordable or we would have never been able to go on something like that. And we had to also think about during that time, because it is an off season, some of the things that you automatically would want to see may be closed for renovation or we went to the Trivia Fountain and it was shut down for repairs so you could see it, but there was no water. Imagine that, you know, and so you're kind of disappointed. So Knowing what the off-season or shoulder season is at the destination you're traveling to is really important. And knowing what to expect when you get there. Yeah, have your expectations in line with what you're going to do and don't get surprised by no water in the Trivi Fountain. (laughs) No, that is a great point because a lot of times with especially coastal destinations, a lot of times the the towns essentially shut down during the off-season because tourists aren't there. The climate's too cold for the open air restaurants. There are lots of things to consider. And that is definitely when hotels and monuments and things like that are doing renovations. Right. And it's important to have a travel agent to tell you that Mm -hmm. because it doesn't always pop up on an internet search that this is when things are going to happen. Because again, there's a different approach to communication efforts and travel in European and Asian markets. And what you would expect to see, what you'd expect to see on anything that we would put out is completely different. So that's why having someone like you, Alex, this is important sometimes when you're making these big trips to have them educate you on what you should expect. For sure. And one thing, too, I've noticed that's interesting to me from kind of your side is how these shoulder seasons are turning into more high season and how transportation is kind of reacting to that. Because, you know, a lot of flights are seasonal, even ferries are seasonal, things like that. And I've just noticed even in the past few years how they're reacting and they're building in more flights Ferry companies are staying open longer. Train routes are staying open all year round. So it's kind of interesting to see that. Honestly, I think Instagram comes back to the center of almost all of this because I think people see photos in Pinterest and Mm -hmm. things like that. And I think they don't even maybe know where it is at first, but they know they want to go there. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I want to go there. <laughs> it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I do it. Do you all follow that hashtag 2019 top five places or every year oh. there's a different year on Instagram and people pinpoint where they're on vacation and take pictures and you can click on them and it takes you to the map to show you where they are at. It could be Brazil or it could be a, a their cave swimming in some place in South America. It's just all over the place. So I very much love to look at travel through the eyes of Instagram. So I can imagine that drives it. But you have to be careful because not everything you see on Instagram is true. Okay. Yes. The fire Yes, mom. Yes, mom. (laughs) No, but that is true. And that is where having a travel advisor comes in. important. And that's, people have come to me with pictures, even of a restaurant. There's this one in Italy that I'm thinking of. And they're like, I want to go here. I'm like, well, you can, but that is in the middle of nowhere. And I don't think you're going to want to stay in one of these places because this is very different from what you're used to. (laughs) Or what you imagine it being. Yeah. Or even, you have to think, everything is curated. Yeah. You see these pictures of, I'm going to Finland. So you see these pictures of these like glass igloos with the northern lights above. Oh, yeah. What you don't see is that the other igloos are like two feet away and they don't feel private. The bathrooms are outside. There's a lot behind the story. And so you definitely, which is fine for some people, but other people would have a hard time. Not have that. I would be one of those people. And so it's important to kind of get the backstory, but it is cool to see like people being inspired and to travel especially in today's world I think people getting out and seeing places is amazing 
Okay. And I totally took over your list of tips. So one, being flexible. (laughs) Yes. The next is get out of the resort. But you love the hotel so much. I I know. (laughs) Which is tough. But I see people that are scared to leave places. And I think the most enriching experiences come when you put yourself a little bit out of your comfort zone. I've never had anyone who's regretted taking those extra steps to see the culture. Whenever I can, I try and build in some sort of cultural experience. Like in Bali, if they're wanting to just go to the beaches, I really try and push them going inland so they can see all the temples and kind of see like the heart of the culture there. Because I think it helps tell the whole story. So I think just getting out there and going out of your comfort zone a little bit. Safely. Safely. But it usually is a lot more safe than people think. Especially if you're making the recommendation. You typically have met with the hotels. You've talked to the people who coordinate those excursions, possibly. A lot of resorts do excursions to go out in and visit some of these places while they're on property. For sure. And there are a lot of local guides I set clients up with, which is another great way to get to know a destination. And just talking with the people there. But yeah, not letting fear drive your decisions about travel or hold you back. I was in Israel last year in Turkey when all of the travel ban stuff was going on. And honestly, I had no expectations. I really didn't know what I was going to experience in both of those places. And when I got there, I was like, this is so different than what I see on the news. Hmm. This is so different from things I'm reading about. You realize like everyone is the same. Everyone wants the same things in life. People are so kind, usually everywhere you go. And so I found like those are the most rewarding experiences when you push yourself out of your comfort zone. So maybe that's the tip. Yeah. Push yourself outside of your comfort zone. (laughs) Yeah. I know we took a trip to the Riviera Mai and took one of those excursions over to Shellha, which is the natural aquarium. It's where the ocean meets a natural body of water and you swim with fish and you go through mangroves and you do all these wonderful things. It was the highlight of our entire trip. And while we were having fun at the resort, being a part of that Mexican experience and enjoying the beauty of their area, it was a wonderful thing too. It felt like an amusement park, kind of, because that's the way they they put it on down there. But on our way there, we got to experience some of what you're talking about. So it is important to, to make sure that you try new things. For sure. And I think once you do it, you feel more comfortable to then do it other places. So we just started this new year of 2019. What are the hot destinations? Where are people wanting to go? So I think cold weather destinations are going to be more popular. I think people are kind of chasing those once-in-a-lifetime experiences. So the Northern Lights, I think, are going to be big this year. Iceland has been a popular destination. I think it will continue to be the very northern parts of Canada, Finland, Sweden, I think all of those places are going to be big in 2019. Japan is really having a moment. There's so much to explore there. And I think it's so different from our culture. I think it's appealing to people, especially with Instagram, when you kind of become desensitized to these cultures. And if you're seeing images all the time, you know, it means a little less. So I think going somewhere where it's completely different from you is something people are looking for. And I also think like the Caribbean, again, like I said, They're back from the hurricanes. I think Caribbean is going to be a huge destination. And then I always love Mexico. There are so (laughs) many places. There are so many places in Mexico to see, too. 
Yeah. So those are great, like international destinations. What about in 2019, if people want to stay in the U.S., what are some of your favorite places? So from Knoxville especially, I love Miami. There's something for everyone. There are some family-friendly hotels. There are some more laid-back ones if you're wanting to do more of a spa trip. There are some, you know, kind of what you think of Miami that are going to be in South Beach that are more of the party scene. But there really is something for everyone. And I think people don't really expect that with Miami. It's also really easy to do a road trip. And I love planning this for clients, a road trip from Miami to Key West. There's so many fun stops along the way. Aqualina Resort in Miami is one of my favorite for families. It's amazing. They have this incredible kids program. It's an aquamarine program. It's it's included in the rates and it's for ages 5 to 12. And they do things on the computer and all this tech integrated with exploring the outdoors and really learning about marine biology. And it's really cool. They are maybe doing art projects related to the fish and then they're going to snorkel to see them and it's kind of a really cool way for kids to have fun parents to relax and they're learning about the environment too that's cool yeah it's really cool so it just so happens that we have new nonstop service into the Miami market as well we on do. American. So that works out well for yep. the people from our airport. Yeah, I am actually really excited about that. <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of people were. We're excited about it too. So Surfside's a really cool town. It's between Ball Harbor and North Beach, Miami. And it's amazing. It's like a very laid back luxe feel, but you feel miles and miles and miles away from Miami. And Four Seasons just opened a property in 2017. It's so cool. It was a hotel that was kind of an iconic property there in the 30s. Frank Sinatra, Elizabeth Taylor, all the Hollywood movie stars would go there. And now it has like a very like chic, like coastal feel, but they have these amazing cabana rooms and it's just incredible. The service is amazing. The food is amazing. It feels like a very luxe destination and it's so close and so easy to get to. That's what I think is so cool about Miami is like there's all of these little cities that are like just kind of stand alone that are so different from the cities right beside them, the little communities. It's so neat. For sure. I, yeah, I think when people think Miami, they're like, oh, South bachelor Beach. party, yeah. bachelorette party. Yeah. And it's it's a lot more than that. And it's a great gateway to the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. So even if you spend a couple of nights in Miami, then you can go on to the Caribbean. There are a ton of direct flights from there. So well, that's what American was saying. It gives you direct access to South America, the Caribbean. It also connects you to cruise ships and mm-hmm. luxury liners from that big port. So there's lots of other modes of transportation once you get into Miami to get to some of these destinations. I know I want to go to the place in the Bahamas that you mentioned already. It just makes me want to get on there and, and look into that. So thank you for coming. Now I want to just leave and go. I want to travel explore. And yes. <laughs> I want to explore. But it, it's just wonderful that you have the service available to help people that have never been to a city. We're always, you know, falling into the same ruts of planning our vacations because we are familiar with it. We like that mm-hmm. restaurant. We know what we're going to get. And we are comfort, comforted in that. And sometimes one of the tips that you said is so dead on. You want to try something new and get out there and explore. And so aviation and travel can help you to do that. So thank you for joining us. Yeah.
Thank you so much for being on our podcast. Yeah, thank you. So that really got me in the mood to plan my next vacation and to go on Instagram and to go on Google and look at all those destinations that I need to now put on my list. Yeah, so we hope that you are planning too. And if you have any questions or we can help you with some of your travel decisions, reach out to us by visiting fromtherunwayup.com or visiting us on our social media posts. Thank you all so much for listening and we hope you'll tune in again next time. Thank you.